A farmer's time is valuable. That's why Blaine's Farm and Fleet has made shopping for your must-haves quick and easy. Simply order online at farmandfleet.com and pick up your items in just one hour in their convenient drive-thru. Or try Farm and Fleet's same-day local delivery option. The Zone. Pam is the name. Farm speak is the game. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Another comfortable start to a Tuesday morning. Welcome in, everybody. I'm Farm Director Pam Youngke. We'll also be welcoming in John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. Our markets this morning, again, trending a little bit lower. Is it because some of the drought areas are picking up moisture? Is it because of the lack of international demand? We're going to talk about it all with John Heinberg before we wrap it up this morning. Like I said, we're starting off today in another very comfortable zone as far as weather is concerned. Today we'll see more sunshine than clouds. 80 are expected high. Tomorrow's sunshine and 82. Thursday, the beginning of the Wisconsin State Fair. Partly cloudy, expecting 82 degrees. Stumach joins us with our weather in about 15 minutes. Whether it's a lot or a little, we need your rainfall reports. The Rural Mutual Rainfall Report is on. Text your rainfall reports to 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. Be sure and include your name and where you're reporting from because every month we'll pick a winner for a digital weather station courtesy Rural Mutual Insurance. Premiums paid here, stay here to keep Wisconsin strong. Text those rainfall reports to 877-301-FARM. Armor Animal Health believes that prevention is the best medicine. That's why Armor Animal Health is your integrated solution for preventing disease in your herd. They bring together the lab, the products, and the veterinarians to treat the problems your herd is facing. Respond with a plan to maintain your herd's health and act before the problem worsens. You can order herd health products and supplies online at ArmorAnimalHealth.com. Armor Animal Health, detecting diseases, defending animals, delivering promises. ArmorAnimalHealth.com. We just got into August. It's one of my favorite times in the year. I'm Scott Schultz on the northern end of the world's longest barn in Eau Claire. And one of the reasons it's one of my favorite times of the year is because it takes me back to my youth and smelling the grass, the turf out on football fields this time of year. I know that's an odd thing to hear, but I've always thought about that turf this time of year and we have quite a turf grass industry here in Wisconsin it's kind of one of those hidden gems in agriculture here in the state Michelle you talked about uh, you talked with some folks about Wisconsin's turf grass industry yes I did and not only is it just for your backyard but it's actually the framework of a house there's a lot of involvement in the turf grass industry. Michelle Sangler here at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. There's so much involvement with it and I spoke with Bruce Schweiger, the superintendent at the OJ North Turf Grass Research and Education Facility in Madison about not only how are they partnering with the agriculture industry but what the research can do to help agriculture around the state. This is kind of a unique facility. Um, We are 27 acres dedicated only to the maintenance and trials and tribulations of turf grass management. So we work on biological controls, chemical controls, different fertilizer needs, fertilizer movement, mycorrhizae movement. Uh, We're an interesting facility. Uh, We're 30 years old. We were named after O.J. Knorr, 
who was the first true turfgrass professor in the United States, possibly the world. And this facility is kind of unique because it was built by industry. It cost the university nothing to build. It was a fundraising effort from all the turfgrass industry with a dollar-for-dollar match from UW Foundation opening a world-class facility. Because of the work that we do, we can help homeowners, golf courses, sports fields, parks, just about anybody growing grass with any problems or issues they have, even to the fact that we have a diagnostic lab on site uh, manned by a full-time diagnostician where we can help people solve problems on their turf. So how important is the turf grass industry to agriculture in Wisconsin? People won't think about this, but turf grass is probably the, I think it's the fourth largest crop grown in the state by acreage. You think about everything you see, parks, homes, office parks, roadsides, everything has got turf in it. And the industry that it functions with is a very large industry. And it's a really neat industry because we are connected with, quote, agriculture, the farming community, because so many things that we can have and find come from that group. So we're really interconnected. We'll have situations where, perfect example now is uh, in the ag industry, they've been using GPS sprayers to spray crops and fields for years and years. That technology has been improved and now it's moved into the turf market where we are now looking at a whole new range of sprayers, saving people money, cutting down the pesticides that we use. That was something we got right out of the ag market. The other thing we get out of is a lot of chemistries that we use for different control measures that come directly from ag. They were used in ag. Ag uses them all the time. Due to some researcher's idea or something we find anecdotally, we've been able to have uh, manufacturers bring those to our property. We've been part of developing those that we can then use those throughout the industry. So we're very interconnected. So you've learned a lot from farmers, but what have you taught farmers? Maybe some projects that, wow, agriculture took a step back and learned something from you, the Turfgrass Association. Oh, I think sometimes when they step back and look, we do a lot of work with uh, nutrient movement. And like Dr. Soldat here on property is one of the probably nation's leaders in nutrient movement. And I think we've heard from the ag industry that they followed some of his work because nutrient movement in soil doesn't matter if it's on corn, soybean, hay, barley, or turf. It all is the same thing. And I think they're looking at some of the work we're doing on the mycorrhizae in the soil and some of the phytobiome of what do some of these products that we use, how do they affect, we'll just call it the critters in the soil. And so we've been able to trade things back and forth. So it's really, it's a, it's unique up collaboration that I don't think we always think through fully. And you say it's really big acreage-wise, but it also employs a lot of jobs, um, whether people are working on golf courses or something within turf grasses. Oh, we're a large employer. I mean, everybody, no matter where you live, sees the lawn and landscape truck going down the street. Everybody's got kids or has grandkids that are in school and are watching them take care of the sports fields or the parks. We are involved in all aspects of your life. And one thing that we think in turf that I think makes us a little different is that turf grass in an industry is huge, but what turfgrass is to the state of Wisconsin in the world is we're the frame. You drive by a house and the house looks pretty. If the lawn looks bad, you look at the lawn, not the house. We're the frame that goes around that picture. We're the frame that goes around everything. If we can keep the turf in good shape, we can enhance the look of everything else. Even the fact that I've had some farmers I've talked to when we can enhance just the look of their fields and maybe the runoff areas, what they're doing, we all kind of win that way. And turf has that neat, we are, except Lambo field and the American family field in Milwaukee. We're not the object. We're the frame that makes everything else look better.
What a good expression. Now, off that, to those that may have a lawn themselves, big or small, what tips do you have? Is there an easy grass to maintain? We have some interesting things here. We've got 167 different turf grass plots. Uh, most of them are planted in different varieties or blends of varieties. The key is that I can't tell you what the best is because every site's different. Is it sandy? Is it clay? Is it shady? Is it not shady? We've got that. We've done that research. But what I can tell everybody out there in the ag industry, anybody that has turf, is turf doesn't have to be difficult. It doesn't have to be intensely maintained. First thing I tell everybody when it comes to turf, real simple, feed it a couple times a year, not four times, five. If you can feed it twice a year, the best herbicide is healthy grass. We proved here on property that the best erosion control is a solid stand of grass. The research done here with rain gardens and other things by many times been repeated, there's less runoff from a healthy stand of turf, not a weed infested stand of turf, because there's more plants per area there's less place for the water and the soil to run so just give your fur give your lawn your turf couple furts a year maybe late april early june maybe late august early september you'll see a huge improvement in weeds and when you're improving weed control you're going to get a lot of benefits of less runoff less phosphorus running into lakes all that so the turf could be a great filter one of the things that we need to understand when it comes to uh, weed control and turf is that height of cut is huge there's no reason to cut your lawn like a golf course that doesn't it's not meant to do that a three inch to three and a half inch height of cut you'll cut down the frequencies you have to mow that's been proved by dr soldat and a professor out at nebraska you'll get a better stand of turf you get a healthier stand of turf don't go crazy three inches and you'll get yourself a lot of weeds under control so what challenges have you ran into uh, with Wisconsin's weather or some things that you've seen um, in, in today's world? Well, weather's always an issue. I mean, we get hot and dry uh, and, you know, turf isn't happy. Most turf likes to be grown at a temperature under 80 degrees. So we get 90 degree days like it may be this afternoon. That's not the prime growing conditions for turf. But what I always try to tell homeowners is turf has survived for thousands of years. You have to make a decision if it gets dry. You either water it all the time to keep it alive or you let it go and let it go dormant. It won't die. It will come back. But if you water it and weeks later during a drought, you get sick of watering it, it will then die. Let it do itself. I am the turf grass manager here. I haven't watered my yard at my house in 13 years. We've been through some droughts. I'd like to have you see my lawn at three inches after 13 years. Pretty simple. After taking care of the property, I don't run home and manicure my yard, but it looks good. Well, that is interesting. Do you have any further comments on that you would like to share? It's been really nice in the last, I'm going to say 5, 10, maybe, maybe 10, 15 years to start seeing the turf grass industry really try to partner with the ag industry. And we're kind of all going the same direction. And there's been more of a partnership and it hasn't been, and I don't want to say it was antagonistic before, but there may have been a time in turf where we looked elitist and maybe we weren't uh, as grounded. It, it, there was the appearance, but understand as a farmer has to be a great steward of his environment because that's how he makes a living. We have to be the same thing. We have limited amount of resources, limited amount of budgets. We have to be great stewards of the environment. And in the recent times, I've seen both sides realizing we're both great stewards of the environment. And that was Bruce Schweiger, superintendent to the OJ Knorr Research Facility in Madison. Maybe some tips for you to watch your own grass or something you didn't know before. Turf grass is important to Wisconsin's agriculture and conversations are happening between farmers and those that work in the turf grass industry to help solve the challenges they are facing. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Michelle Stangler.
This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Ladies and gentlemen, we're here at the Uptown Karate Club, where we're about to witness an incredible display of... Well, it's hard not to call it anything but a display of stupidity. Hey, buddy! Do you really want to whack that pile of two-by-fours with the part of your body that you think with? You know, there are easier ways to prove you're a... Whoa! That's gotta hurt. Like I was saying, there are easier ways to prove you're a man. For instance, registering with Selective Service when you turn 18 shows that you're a man who's responsible and in charge of his life. Plus, it guarantees that you'll have the chance to receive college loans, job training, and government jobs. And best of all, it doesn't hurt a bit. Register with Selective Service within 30 days of your 18th birthday online at www.sss.gov or at your local post office. That's a nasty bruise. Is that a splinter? Hey, hop on. We want you on our Brewers Party Bus. September 3rd, the Brewers are taking on St. Louis for a 7-10 game, and here's what we want to hook you up with. A ticket to the Miller Lite beer pen in the left field lodge bleachers, a Brewers cap from Miller Lite, a bus ride to and from the game, thanks to Badger Bus, and beer and food on the ride. Get all of that plus a ticket for $75. You must be 21 or older to ride the bus. Get your tickets now at madcitysportszone.com. Well, I know the molecular formula for water is H2O. I also know that hydrocarbon is CH3CH250CH3. But what I can't seem to find is any scientific formula for Bob, my goldfish. Are you ready for kids who eat healthy? Good nutrition can lead to great things. To find out how a healthy lifestyle can help your child succeed, go to mypyramid.gov. Brought to you by the Ad Council and USDA. From her mouth to the field's ears, this is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. All righty, another uh, cooler start to a Tuesday morning. Looks like it's going to be a not bad way to start the day. Stumach, Ag Meteorologist, along with us this morning. I can handle this. I mean, it was kind of funny. I was talking to uh, Dr. Damon Smith, our university plant pathologist, yesterday, and he uh, he said the same thing. He let his dog out yesterday morning, and he was like, ooh, almost fall-like, but, you know, it's going to change. Oh, yeah, we're going to hold on to really normal temperatures, I think, is the best way to explain it, Pam. You know, nighttime lows are supposed to be down in the low 60s, daytime highs in the lower or mid-80s in western Wisconsin. That's where we're going to be, nothing too drastic or or out of the ordinary there. The big thing I have to talk about today is the air quality alert. You know, yesterday it was all across Iowa and Minnesota, Late yesterday, it's been issued for the northern half of Wisconsin on that line just north of La Crosse, Buffalo, Trempolo, Jackson County, all the way east uh, across to Wapaka, Otagami, Brown, and Kiwani County, and all areas north under that air quality advisory because of the smoke still from the Canadian and the western wildfires. That smoke and the particulates very heavy in the atmosphere, making it uh, less than ideal even uh, for all of us, but for those with breathing issues, things like that. So keep that in mind as you go about your day. All in all, though, very fine summertime weather, high pressure settling right in over Iowa and Illinois, and that's going to assure us from today to tomorrow that we have a lot of sunshine and very nice weather. There's a weak front way up into Canada. 
no concerns about that at all. In fact, you look at weather radar, there's no rain nearby. There are some showers out in Montana, Wyoming, northern Colorado, and then out in the southeast coast down toward the Carolinas. Otherwise, the central part of the U.S. is dry and should stay that way today, tomorrow, and on into Thursday. It's by late in the day Thursday, especially into western Wisconsin. There's a very slight chance of a scattered shower or a very isolated thunderstorm. That chance will slide east in the state, becoming a bit greater in the eastern parts of Wisconsin as we head toward Thursday night or on into the day Friday. I do not expect this to be a downpour or a major storm. The chance of a little scattered shower or thunderstorm activity, that's what we're going to see as this one pulls through. And even with the chance of rain, Sure, there will be a few more clouds, but those temperatures stay at normal or just a bit above. Sounds very good right into the weekend. In fact, the weekend could warm up. I'm starting to think about Saturday and Sunday when we might be in the mid and upper 80s for highs. Could feel a lot more like summer at that time again for the weekend. And with a small chance of rain, the humidity most likely will rise a bit around that time as well. I'll have our forecast details right after this. Farmers understand return on investment. They understand the power and the value of the sun. Cameron Olson, owner of Olson Solar Energy. This is just another opportunity for them to look for that power and that value. It's a business decision. Everything that farmers do and don't do on their land and their with their property is money. <laughs> so one of the things that I heard one farmer say, it's a crop that I am yielding. <laughs> uh, instead of harvesting corn on this little section, he's harvesting sunlight to make electricity. You should reach out to us, and we will come out there for a very specialized, specific quote for you to look at your farm. We can put solar anywhere. We can put it on a barn. We can put it on the ground. We can put it on a hill. (laughs) So we can put it anywhere that makes sense to you and your farm and your situation. And then once we design that, even powering your whole farm, you can harvest enough sunlight to have a $0 energy bill. Go to OlsonSolarEnergy.com to start saving. Go green, save green with Olson Solar Energy. All right, my friend, let's have the rest of the good news details on this weather forecast. It's amazing that you're so happy when the weather is nice, Pam. I know. I think I, I'm I'm thinking I'm part of a pretty big crew though. All right. I suppose if you want to lump yourself together, go ahead. <laughs> How about mostly sunny skies? A beautiful Tuesday. In the low 80s, a lot of 81s, 82s. Lacrosse could be a little warmer near 84. Beautiful day. Winds become northwest, only about five. Just a nice little breeze. We'll stay clear overnight. Very upper 50s and low 60s with the southwest winds about five. Sunny skies Wednesday. Another great day in the low 80s. The west winds about five. Thursday, mostly sunny. And that western Wisconsin slight chance of a late-day shower or thunderstorm. I'd still look for temps in the low to maybe mid-80s. Could be 84 at La Crosse. Southwest winds about 5 to 10. All of us get that chance of a little shower or storm Thursday night into the day Friday. Like I said, Pam, I don't expect it to be a you know inch-and-a-half, two-inch rainfall event. Little scattered hit or miss showers could give somebody rain and somebody not. Eh, kind of like you expect in August. Yeah, that's that's about right. Okay, buddy. We'll catch up with you tomorrow. Thanks, Stu. All right. Have a great day. Stu Muck is our ag meteorologist with the weather details that you're looking for. And of course, as we said, uh, yeah, we're keeping an eye on the weather, not only for the farmers that are out there trying to finish up on the oats, uh, maybe the wheat, and also uh, our potato 
diggers that are busy out there. We also have to think about the Wisconsin State Fair. I want to remind you again that we are taking on the Wisconsin State Fair full front. Uh, We are there giving you the agriculture stories. It's not about the midway. It's not about the entertainment. It's about the agriculture history. And our coverage of the Wisconsin State Fair will begin on Thursday as the State Fair begins at State Fair Park in West Dallas. I encourage you to follow us on social media. Fabulous Farm Babe is where you'll see videos as well as uh, hear stories right here on the Midwest Farm Report Network. Our coverage of the Wisconsin State Fair begins in earnest on Thursday, August 5th, and runs right on through Sunday, August 14th. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. All business owners want the same thing, to make their business succeed. At Rural Mutual, they help that happen. As the third largest writer of commercial business in Wisconsin, they take the time to learn your business so they can properly protect you. Call your local agent today or visit RuralMutual.com. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's the grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for money-saving member benefits, like discounts on select Granger products and more. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Landscape Envy, that's what you create when you add Kalani Wash decorative stone to your landscape. Choose from our selection of multicolored stones for around trees, shrubs, and under decks. Plus, we offer gravel stone for walkways, driveways, and a base for patio bricks and retaining walls. Visit KalaniTopsoil.com, or you can simply pick it up at our awesome processing plant. Kalani Topsoil. Now that's good dirt. And good-looking decorative stone. If you came across a child struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes? Their age? The way they speak? Would you recognize a 13-year-old boy who gets into fights at school, not because he's a boy, but because he's hungry? Or a two-year-old girl who cries all night, not because she's sick, but because she went to bed without enough to eat? Or maybe a nine-year-old boy who hopes a friend invites him to a sleepover, not for fun, just so we can have dinner. Or a 15-year-old girl who goes for walks over lunch so her friends won't know she doesn't have anything to eat? I am the one in seven American children who struggle with hunger. Kids you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am child hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong. Exciting news. Hi, I'm Tim O'Brien, owner of The Healthy Place. We have spent many hours combing through our prices, and we are proud to announce that The Healthy Place now has the lowest prices you'll find in the nation on all of your favorite products. In fact, I'm so sure you can't find a lower price, I'll give you a $50 gift card if you do. Just shoot me an email, tim at findyourhealthyplace.com, and share the product you found. Our mission is to help you find your healthy place, and we never want cost to be a barrier in your health journey. 
The Healthy Place is committed to providing high-quality supplements and vitamins at the most competitive prices in the nation. Come on over to any of our four locations for in-store shopping or curbside pickup, or stay home and take advantage of our same-day delivery in Dane County. Free shipping, live chat feature on our website, and phone consultations. Stop in or check us out online at findyourhealthyplace.com. The Healthy Place. At Eastman Chemical Sun Prairie, they transform materials that improve your everyday life. Their global technologies create innovative products and solutions with specialized molecules that make housewares more practical, medical devices more durable, cars and buildings safer, and so much more. In short, their products matter because their employees do. Eastman Chemical is always attracting, developing, and retaining a diverse workforce. Look for your career opportunity at EastmanChemical.com. Apply online at EastmanChemical.com. Every year, millions of Americans use opioids to manage pain. Pain can be unrelenting, overwhelming, and all-consuming. So why do so many of us try to manage pain only from the palm of our hands? Doctor-prescribed opioids are appropriate in some cases, but they just mask the pain. And reliance on opioids has led to the worst drug crisis in American history. That's why the CDC recommends safer alternatives, like physical therapy, to manage pain. Physical therapists treat pain through movement, hands-on care, and patient education. No warning labels required. And by increasing physical activity, you can also reduce your risk of other chronic diseases. Pain is personal, but treating pain takes teamwork. When it comes to your health, you have a choice. Choose more movement and better health. Choose physical therapy. Visit MoveForwardPT.com to find a physical therapist in your area. This message is brought to you by the American Physical Therapy Association. The sixth inning, that was the only blemish of the Milwaukee Brewers, was the sixth inning of Saturday's affair when it was a clear, that was a strikeout, right? Like he was Clearly done. was a strikeout. Like dead to right, struck out, done. The fact, and wasn't Dansby walking off the mound? Yeah, Dansby, or, uh, the batting box Dansby Swanson already was, was walking towards the dugout like he was done. And even in his presser afterwards, he's like, yeah, that was a strike. Yeah, I thought it was out. They thought it was out. Everyone thought it was out. So Adam, after Adam Duvall let off the six with a single off of Woody, Brandon Woodruff, Swanson took a 2-2 pitch. Everyone, and even Dave from Monona, who's blind in a Cubs fan, I'm not kidding, his two glass eyes, knew it was a strike. Except one man, home plate umpire C.B. Buckner, called the pitch a ball as Swanson was already walking towards the dugout, believing he had struck out. Swanson said, and I quote, I thought it was a strike, just like I think everyone else did too. I'll be honest about that. I regrouped, and I was able to get a good swing on the next one. And, Rowdy, what happened with the next one? Yeah, he hit a two-run home run, and that was the difference. Obviously, Brandon Woodruff came out. They were losing after that, and then it just went downhill from there. Yeah, Brandon Woodruff, uh, I'll try to find the comments after the game. He was obviously very upset. He was noticeably upset after the pitch was called a ball, and then the home run was hit. Uh, let's see here. I do have Brandon Woodruff right here. Here's the extended answer about the call preceding Swanson's tie-breaking home run, which honestly is the only blemish for the Brewers. Here is Brandon Woodruff. He's not happy. Woody, you might as well get to the obvious one. Swanson stepped across the plate on that one-two pitch, and he knew that usually tells you the hitter knows he was struck out, but it wasn't called, and it's on a home run. Before yeah. Woody talks, Woody is like bright red, and his lips are like quivering, like he's ready to just start like screaming obscenities. Well, we've he's okay. Like, he's like, 
<laughs> I feel bad for Brandon Woodruff this year with how well he's pitched because we've seen him noticeably pissed off earlier in the season <laughs> when Craig Council comes out and gives him an early, early hook, hook or doesn't let him finish an inning where potentially he was in some trouble mm-hmm. where he could wiggle his way off the hook and be in line for a win or potentially a win. Yeah, he's pissed about we, the early hook. We've, we've seen that. And then on top of it, this is a time where Craig Council left him in, let him let him do work. Let, yeah, let him do his thing. Let him try to get out of it. And then he's got a strikeout that wasn't called a strikeout. And then the home run ensues. So you have Woody, who is upset about the early hooks from Craig Council early on. Every time Brandon Woodruff was on the mound, the Brewers' offense would disappear. Yep. That would be upsetting. And now you have uh, Buckner out there making himself look like a complete asshat as everyone and even the blind knew that this was a strike. And then it led, unfortunately, to the demise of the Brewers on Saturday. They would have had a perfect road trip if it wasn't for this. You could just tell. You could feel once that ball left the ballpark, the, yeah, the momentum. that momentum had just completely shifted. And then you go further into that game. Obviously, Curtis, one of the guys that they had just recently acquired from the Marlins, gave up Rocks. a grand slam. Yep. In the game later on, after Willie Adamas had a low throw, which a better throw they get out of the inning, mm-hmm. and then the ball was nearly scooped by Escobar at first base. He didn't get the scoop. Again, if he got the scoop, they're out of the inning. Or Willie Adamas simply could have just went to second base and taken it the easy way. Yep. None of which occurred, and then basically that net that next batter hits one out of the park, and it's a grand slam. But you could just feel after that home run, from Woodruff because the Brewers it, the Brewers did not hit the ball very good. Obviously, they scored one run on Saturday. Yeah. But that was a game in which the Brewers put a lot of guys on base, and they weren't capitalizing. They weren't hitting with runners on base. They weren't doing any of that once they got guys on base. And then all of a sudden, when it's the bottom of the sixth and that home run occurred, it felt like just uh, all of the uh, air kind of came yeah. out of the Brewers. So Woody's on the podium being asked about the pitch that was – clearly, obviously a strike and should have been done for uh, Dansby Swanson. But instead of Woody is up here, like his face is beat red. He keeps like biting his lips. Like he's like trying not to just freak out on someone. So here's the answer from Woody. Obviously we're not pleased with that development. Um, yeah, I, I mean, there's a lot of things I want to say, uh, uh, but that I probably sh- should not say right now. And I <laughs> think that's, that's what I'm going to do is I'm not going to say, say some stuff, but Brandon Woodruff, this is this is who Brandon Woodruff... I'm going to play it in a, more of it in a second here. This is what Brandon Woodruff comes off to as me. Brandon Woodruff, we know he's from Tupelo, Mississippi. Yep. He is the... He, obviously, he's a bigger guy. Mm-hmm. He's quiet, but he's just kind of like that, uh, that country guy that's very soft-spoken and very quiet. But once you piss him off, he's going to kick some ass. Oh, yeah. Rough hands, dirty boots, and farming roots. It's all we know. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, the weather should be pretty pleasant today. More sunshine than clouds will top out about 80 degrees. Tomorrow's sunshine and 82. Thursday, it looks like partly cloudy skies, 82 degrees. Actually, the rest of this week looks pretty good, which is wonderful news for folks that are planning to head to the Wisconsin State Fair. Remember, we've got you covered as far as State Fair activity is concerned, thanks to our friends at Armor Animal Health. You can follow along with all the details. We'll have videos up at Fabulous Farm Babe on Facebook, and we'll have regular updates right here on the radio on different features that you don't want to miss at this year's Wisconsin State Fair. I'm Pam Yankee. Now, from the Alcivia Farm News Desk, 
Here's what's happening on a Tuesday. So today is the third day of August. On this day, back in 1900, Firestone Tire and Rubber Company is actually founded. The American Tire Company was founded by Harvey Samuel Firestone in Akron, Ohio. And in 1988, the company was taken over by Japan's Bridgestone Corporation. So it really was founded on this day back in 1900 in Akron, Ohio. On this day in 1946, the world's first theme park opens. And I bet you can't even guess what the theme is. It was Santa Claus in Indiana. They called it Santa Claus Land, and now it is transitioned and is known as Holiday World and Splashin' Safari. Santa Claus, Indiana opened its first theme park with that very holiday theme on this day back in 1946. Got to wish happy birthday to actor Martin Sheen. He's 81. And Martha Stewart, she is 80 years young today as well. And now you know. Well, I'll tell you what, we want you to know, if you own livestock and you don't produce your own hay, or maybe even if you do, you better start looking for that feed component now and keep your sources refreshed into 2022. Aaron Zimmerman's got an update on the very tight hay and straw market that a lot of Wisconsin livestock owners are facing. With drought striking much of the country and a roller coaster of weather here in the Midwest, many people's eyes are set on what hay production looks like and how that's going to affect markets. Richard Halupka, crops and soil specialist with UW Extension in Clark County, shares that the Midwest has lucked out this summer when it comes to hay production, and it looks like there will be enough supply to go around for the country, but it may come down to the livestock and dairy producers' pocketbooks to make the decision on how much they are willing to spend to keep their operation going. We've had excellent weather conditions for making dry hay this year. First cutting of hay, when I looked around the county, you know, the the counties here in central Wisconsin, a lot of that hay was knocked down and all of it was harvested within a week. I mean, so the guys that really wanted good dairy quality hay were able to capture that quality and get it into storage. In addition, you know, for the haylages, baleage, whatever else we had, we've had some very good periods where we could string together three, four days of nice dry weather, so there was a lot of excellent, you know, some of this round bale hay and and big square bale hay made also. So, I mean, that way it's been very advantageous, you know, in this area. We've gotten some rain, and again, it's been spotty. I could be sitting at my house and get two and a half inches of rain, and I can drive 50 miles, and they got two tenths. I mean, that's the variance, or it could be flip-flop. You know, most of the area has been getting adequate rainfall to, you know, to get these forages, and then they've had enough dry weather in between to make, you know, those first and second cuttings. Uh, And we're setting ourselves up for an excellent uh, third cutting here coming up here in August for sure. Now let's talk about other states. I think we're having obviously a little bit different story when it comes to other certain places. We're seeing some drought in western Minnesota. The southwestern United States is seeing a lot, even a little bit of you know extra dry weather, As I guess the farther you go out west. What are things looking like for them, and how is that really going to affect how things play out here in our own state? Uh, some of the midwestern states are kind of had the same report that I gave here in Wisconsin. You know, other than the Minnesota situation, 
But I know looking at Missouri, Nebraska, Kansas, some of these areas, there's areas where they do have some drought situations, but then there's other areas where they've gotten adequate rainfall and, you know, they've done fairly well with the hay crop. So coming into fall, you know, where is this going to stand? You know, you know, if you've got a state like we were talking, like you mentioned in Minnesota, where we've got a lot of drought areas, severe drought areas, extreme drought areas, you know, we start looking at these livestock farmers, you know, maybe some of them will have to start making decisions. That was Richard Holupka, Crops and Soil Specialist with UW Extension in Clark County, with an update on what hay production looks like here in the Midwest and how the dry weather is affecting what other states will need when it comes to purchasing hay. For the Midwest Farm Report, I'm Aaron Zimmerman. Get insurance from a company who knows Wisconsin and cares about your community. You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer, but did you know they also offer competitive home and auto rates? Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more about products and discounts. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Say, have you heard of the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation? Yes, it's the grassroots organization of people just like you that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for money-saving member benefits, like savings on select cat equipment and more. Get more details at WFBF.com. A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin Farm Bureau. Armor Animal Health believes that prevention is the best medicine. That's why Armor Animal Health is your integrated solution for preventing disease in your herd. They bring together the lab, the products, and the veterinarians to treat the problems your herd is facing. Respond with a plan to maintain your herd's health and act before the problem worsens. You can order herd health products and supplies online at ArmorAnimalHealth.com. Armor Animal Health, detecting diseases, defending animals, delivering promises. ArmorAnimalHealth.com. Rain that came through last week with some of that severe weather was welcomed by a lot of folks that are keeping an eye on their pastures. According to the Wisconsin Ag Statistical Service, this week, 62% of our state's pastures are in good to excellent condition. That's a two percentage point increase in confidence in one week's time. Meanwhile, our corn is 86% silked. That is eight days ahead of our five-year average. The quality of Wisconsin corn right now rated 75% good to excellent, unchanged from last week. We've got 88% of our soybeans that are blooming, and the confidence level in that crop still remains good. 72% of our soybeans called good to excellent, but not without some challenges. Dr. Damon Smith, University Extension plant pathologist, says white mold is evident in a lot of Wisconsin soybean fields. And the catch is... It's too late for treatment. Yeah, you need to be out there looking for the damage now. So we're past kind of, you know, making the decision to spray, but we need to figure out what we got out there in terms of white mold damage and then make, you know, decisions on how are we going to harvest that, you know, which fields are going to go first, which ones last, you know, save the save the good stuff first, get that out of the field heavy white mold fields, save those for the end because, you know, we know we can move uh, white mold around in the combines. Dr. Damon Smith, University Extension plant pathologist. Some of our other crops right now, 80% of our winter wheat is already harvested off. 
8% of our potatoes have already been dug, 92% of our oats are coloring, and it looks like 28% of our oats are already combined off. Second cutting of alfalfa, 96% complete. That is six days ahead of both last year and ahead of our five-year average. And like I said, I know a lot of uh, livestock owners keeping an eye on that alfalfa situation. How much volume are you going to produce yourself? Are you going to have to get into that very aggressive market and try to buy? Markets in overnight electronic trade are not very aggressive right now. We've got December corn down four and three quarter cents at five fifty four and a half. November soybeans are down ten and a quarter cents at thirteen forty three and a quarter. September wheat's down six and three quarter cents at seven twenty two and three quarters a pound. And this is happening while I'm hearing more and more reports ports from western Minnesota, North Dakota, South Dakota, into Nebraska, where farmers there are basically tossing in the towel when it comes to their corn crop. Uh, Many of the farms that I was uh, surveying yesterday said that they're probably going to start chopping their corn within the next six to 10 days because the crop is done. We're going to talk more about this with John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing, in just a moment. In the dairy complex, yesterday barrel cheese dropped eight cents to 131. 40 pound block cheese was unchanged at 163 and a half. Double A butter on Monday gained five and three quarter cents to $1.70 a pound. The August milk right now is up a penny at 1612 a hundredweight. September milk, that's currently down four at 1611 a hundredweight. All right, let's not wait any longer. We're going to take a break and back next, our friend John Heinberg, market advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. What's the one thing that can ruin any fishing trip? Not having a boat. Lucky for you, Mad City Power Sports has a great selection of 2021 boats in stock. You'll find incredible deals on America's number one selling fishing boat, Tracker. Like Bass Trackers, starting at 14120. Don't get left out on the shore this year. Get out to Mad City Power Sports off the interstate into forest today. MadCityPowerSports.com. It's been called the best in Wisconsin, meticulously maintained at 70% humidity. It's the walk-in humidor at the Tasting Room Lounge, a showcase of the finest tasting hand-rolled cigars in the area. The Tasting Room Lounge, a systematically ventilated refuge to enjoy your favorite cigar, spirit, specialty beer, or wine. Indoor or on the patio, find your spot at the Tasting Room Lounge. West Broadway, Monona. Who was your hero when you were a kid? Whether it was Joe DiMaggio or Jackie Robinson. Rosa Parks or Sally Ride. Bogart or Brando. You're just the right age to do something important that you can be remembered for. Even if you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, or beyond, you can register to become an organ and tissue donor. Surprised? You shouldn't be. Today, people of all ages and even with health conditions can sign up to donate the gift of life. And it's so important. Every age, every ethnicity is needed. If we all signed up, imagine the lives we could save. The families we could help. So whether you admire John Wayne or James Dean, Robert Redford or Roberto Clemente, Elvis Presley or Ella Fitzgerald, do something important that could make a real difference and change lives. Get the facts today and register to become an organ donor. Find out how at organdonor.gov. 
or call 1-866-99-DONATE. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. Farm goddess, agricultural princess, queen of all that moves. Nah, let's stick with farm babe. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. As promised, joining us live on this Tuesday morning, John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, Wisconsin. Remember their website, TotalFarmMarketing.com. Well, John, we've got a whole list full of items that I want to get started talking with you about. Number one on my list, though, is something outside of our borders. Uh, All of a sudden, African swine fever showing up as close as the Dominican Republic. Has the market taken note of that? Is it anything we should be talking about? Well, obviously, when we get something of that nature that close to shore, you know, it's getting a little too close to home. And, you know, we've kind of said this way back when, when this all started in China, you know, talking to industry professionals, it's not a matter of if it gets here, it's more probably when it gets here. You know, obviously, it's a major concerning point. Now, the market really kind of didn't didn't shake a whole lot on it. Obviously, last week we did see a little bit of selling pressure. I think that was just more to just some of the fundamentals in the market, but it's definitely a keep an eye on situation. You know, it was in a couple of the, you know, herds in the in that island, you know, nation. They brought their army out to basically help handle hog transport, to go through and testing, and they're really locking things down and trying to prevent this spread from possibly getting any further in that regard. You know, my biggest concern, it's not going to be from there, but then where does it go? Does it get into South America and Brazil and then through the Central American regions, and then does it work its way north? You know, obviously producers need to be diligent in terms of the, you know, maintaining the the sanitary conditions on the farms and knowing where and where their animals are coming from and where the people that work around those operations are coming from and what they're doing. That's a big market for U.S. pork, too, isn't it? It is. You know, I mean, obviously, they're, we're not taking product in from there. That's obviously been shut down. You know, so obviously we'll be continuing to move some product back, back to that country, obviously, uh, to meet their demands. But at the same time, you know, it's going to be something we got to really keep a watch on. It kind of shook shook the market news, at least, at that day. I don't know if it really like said, had an impact on the hog markets just because the situations that we're seeing are so unique globally because of the lack of hogs due to this disease and its impact in China as well as South you know, Southeast Asia. Right. John Heinberg's along with us live this morning, market advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. Again, remember their website, totalfarmmarketing.com, and his toll-free number is 800-334-9779. Let's pivot to this week's Crop Progress Report and a lot of conversations happening that farmers in that drought area, North Dakota, South Dakota, Nebraska, Western Minnesota, they're going to start chopping. Their crop is done. Yeah, that continues to be the talk that we hear. And from talking to some producers in that area, again, it's a very difficult situation. And, and you feel for them because, you know, we got some good prices, obviously, but that usually means somebody is suffering somewhere. And that's unfortunately in their region of the world. And, uh, you know, go through, look at those ratings yesterday. You know, Minnesota's 36% good to excellent on the corn crops. South Dakota, 32%. North Dakota, 18% good to excellent. But on the flip side, the port of very poor, we're talking 20 plus percent from Minnesota, South Dakota. Dakota and 44% poor to very poor in South and North Dakota. You know, so it comes down to possibly even a feed issue for some of these guys are getting some value out of this crop. You're obviously looking at pasture conditions that are extremely difficult and just needing supplies for feed. And obviously if you're not going to get the grain out of it, you might as well at least get some value and put the crop into the silo or into a bit, you know, into storage, uh, basically for feeding animals. 
Boy, that is so sad to hear. But like you said, that uh, somebody always seems to have to lose. Yesterday, we saw a real split as far as dairy. Barrel cheese drops while butter goes up. What's the story there, John? Well, we got a couple different things acting on the markets there. I mean, obviously, this is still coming back from the supply of milk and the supply of products out there. And, you know, we've touched on it before, too, just the logistic issues right now of getting product moved that's uh, happening in multiple different uh, products across the country. You know, we saw butter pop very nicely yesterday. Maybe that was just a little bit of value buying. Actually, we're pretty much in line with last year's numbers in terms of where butter prices are. We ended the week extremely soft. So here we start the week, uh, you know, with some, like I said, some opportunities for some of step in the market and grab a pile of it and lift the price up maybe that's on the export market we'll see you know uh, that that edible oil market is still something that's going to stay extremely strong as we go through the rest of the year you know on the cheese side of the equation again we just are continuing to deal with supply issues and now we got barrel prices trading at its lowest point since may of 2020 i mean hopefully we don't go back to where we went to the lows on 2020 at a dollar uh before we turn this thing around you know we should start seeing some export market pick up but because of that we are hearing that talk that you know obviously because prices being depressed that's usually when we see somebody step into the market to buy product for overseas purposes but that spread between blocks and barrels at 32 cents is starting to get a little concerning you know because we still see that pressure on this milk price and you know i'm looking at 17 dollars milk going out to the end of the year and starting into 20 and it's a seller's market right now it just seems like as one contract drops off the next contract goes down to those values and until we get the supply picture figured out and production under control a little bit we're going to continue to see pressure on price as product builds What other stories are you keeping an eye on, John? I know uh, Dow Jones Industrial Average is up in overnight trade. We haven't talked about crude or uh, some of the other outside markets. What are you going to be watching? Well, you know, first off, in terms of some of the grain markets or the agriculture markets, the wheat market has been on fire. We've obviously talked about what's gone on in the northern plains and that spring wheat crop. But yesterday it was the KC or the hard red winter wheat and, and the Chicago wheat or the spring wheat that kicked in. Uh, we saw a major cut in terms of the Russian wheat crop, down 7% on forecasts that caused prices to really pop. And that's what lifted grains yesterday. That wheat market can turn into its own animal from time to time. So we'll have to continue to watch what's happening on the global supply side side. A great opportunity for farmers to start thinking about some marketing plans for next year there as we got over $7 wheat on the board for next su- next summer. Opportunity to take advantage of that because wheat can grow quickly in supplies. Lastly, what's happening with the Delta variants and anything that comes out of that situation in terms of lockdowns or restrictions? I think that's what weighed on energy prices yesterday. That's still going to be that little wild card that's out there that makes me concerned on the markets long term and just the reaction because of the news. He is John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. Remember their website, totalfarmmarketing.com. You want to talk to John, call him direct, 800-334-9779 or John H at totalfarmmarketing.com, and he'll be able to get you uh, some answers. Like I said, I wish I, I wish we had him more than once a week, that's for sure. Have a good one, John. We'll catch up with you uh, next Tuesday. Sounds great. Have a great week, everybody. Excellent. John Heinberg, again, market advisor.